Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. No one will ever forget the Nova Scotia mass shooting. And the inquiry began uh, just days ago. And former Globe and Mail editor, Nova Scotia resident, and author of a new book, 22 Murders, to be published in April, writes in an op-ed this week, quote, Nova Scotia mass shooting inquiry more about covering up than finding answers. Paul Palango wrote that. He's the author of 22 Murders, Investigating the Massacres, Cover-Up, and Obstacles to Justice in Nova Scotia. And he joins us. Paul, thank you for the time. Your concern is the inquiry into Canada's deadliest mass shooting, April 18, 19, uh, 2020 in Nova Scotia, will result in what you call a comfortable truth, end quote, for all engaged. Explain, please. Well, Roy, it's good to be back. Um, From the outset, it became obvious to me that there was something terribly wrong happened with the, you know, the shooting. It's bad enough that the people were killed, but it was clear to me that the RCMP was doing or not doing what it should be. It was doing something unusual was going on. Like, like, uh, and based on my experience having written three books on the RCMP, I started to look at this sort of notion of a cover-up right from the beginning. And I thought uh, I recognized what it was. And I've said from, you know, I started covering the cover-up in real time, basically over the last 18 months and picking off things along the way that indicate that this exists. And I've been pretty good at it. And now we have the inquiry starting up this week. And the key person, for example, the the head of the inquiry, Michael McDonald, as a a former chief justice of Nova Scotia, came out in in response largely to me saying, this is a totally transparent uh, affair. We're going to get to the bottom of what happened. And literally in the next breath, Michael Tutton from the Canadian press asked him, asked, uh, well, is Lisa Banfield, uh, the shooter Gabriel Wortman's common law wife, is she going to be testifying? Well, not likely. So right away, you have a problem. Yeah, I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about all these things, Paul. But the term that I find very interesting is comfortable truth. Well, the comfortable truth is that the issue here is the state of the RCMP. The government and the RCMP, both the federal and provincial governments, don't want the whole story to come out because I've been told from the beginning. When people learn what really happened, they will not want the RCMP policing them as a contract police force. And that's how the RCMP works outside of Ontario and Quebec, that they're a contract police force hired by the province to do the jobs that the OPP and the Sûreté de Quebec do, for example, and some municipal police forces. So it's hired to do that, but it's not capable of doing that. It's the, the model is unsustainable. The government reports say that. And independent reports say that, but there's this rearguard movement to protect the RCMP at all costs. And so the comfortable truth will be, uh, yeah, they made a few mistakes, but, you know, we can live on and soldier on and and continue on with the sort of the regime we have when obviously so, change so, 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 is required. Is, is it your sense? Important. Is it your sense that the conclusion to the inquiry was arrived at before it began? Absolutely. They, you know, Roy, at the beginning, uh, both the federal and provincial governments and the justice ministers at those levels 
wanted to have a review. 22 people were murdered. On the second day, uh, the Sunday, April 19th, the RCMP did not even put out a public alert. Well, nine people were being murdered over about a five and a half hour period, including an RCMP constable, Heidi Stevenson. Yes. And they said, oh, well, we did the best we can. And uh, let's move on from there. We, we don't want, uh, we, there's no big issue here. Just move along. It was a bad day. Uh, we were overwhelmed. So this is the sort of the attitude that's been going on from the beginning that we want to review, no witnesses. We'll just see if a few things were wrong and move on from there. And then the families marched again on a police station, the families of the victims marched on a police station and forced an inquiry. But ultimately the inquiry has become a review disguised as an inquiry. That's exactly what it's become. Now the families yeah. are upset in the last couple of days even the premier of nova scotia has recognized this All right now you you expressed concerns in the op-ed that i read about how the interest of the families of the deceased is being represented and so has the law firm representing the families again reading your op-ed lawyers for the families of the victims say they're in the dark about much of what will take place during this transparent inquiry oh absolutely how the government has craftily done this is they said from the beginning, from the very outset, we are going to approach this in a trauma-informed way. We do not want to cause further trauma and triggering events for the family members. And, you know, we're going to protect them at all costs. But what they've done in practice is use this as a shield to hide facts, not really discuss what's going on, and not include the family. So the families to this day have no idea what's going on, although they've supposedly been brought into the fold. I mean, I just spent an, an hour and over an hour on the phone the other day with one of the family members saying, I have the medical uh, examiner reports about the gunshots that two of their loved ones received. He says, it doesn't make sense, but I've got no one can answer questions. The RCMP two years down the road has not disclosed anything to me. I don't even know where to go. I have no standing. I can't find out. So this is what's going on. They've used trauma and forward in, in this sort of a woke philosophy to actually hide and, and subvert the process. And you're seeing that now. The families recognize it. I said the premier of Nova Scotia came out the other day and, and criticized the commission on its first day of operation, saying that you're, you're, you're aggravating the families and traumatizing the families further. And you're also traumatizing the general public who has a, you know, a, a great stake in this. Yeah. And, and you know, Paul, at the very beginning, you know this better than I do. I just remember doing some interviews immediately afterwards, and it was a heartsick situation because we were all feeling heartsick over what took place. And then along came the information. There was going to be an investigation. And then along came the information shortly thereafter, two or three breaths thereafter, that it was going to be behind closed doors. We weren't going to know what was going on in the investigation. And that right away, that said to me, oh, something wrong here, something seriously wrong here. Well, you're right. And, and I mean, the, the real proof of this, like people, you know, I get the RCMP Veterans Association members saying, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're this or that. Now, I'm, just, I'm a journalist. I, I know how this works. I've seen cover ups in the past. And this one I'm going to cover in real time. And two things have happened. Three things, actually, that really cement this is that the serious invest incident response team, which is the police watchdog in Nova Scotia, issued two reports on two very different aspects of the rampage. 
won the shoot up of the Oslo Belmont Fire Hall by two Mounties and said, oh, well, they uh, they were just doing their job. They were a little nervous. They, they, they were shooting at the wrong people. No big deal. No harm, no foul. That's not what happened. I've conclusively shown with interviews and other videotape and things that something else entirely happened, that those policemen tried to act as snipers, didn't do what they said they did. So that report was wrong. The second report by the serious incident response team, Judge Felix Caccioni, was a former judge, I should say, on the shooting of Wortman himself, the shooter at the Irving Big Stop in Enfield, Nova Scotia. He said, this is what happened. I obtained videotape showing that that didn't happen. You so have the video why tape, are right? they covering up something Paul, that they you, said was just, you know. You uh, have, uh, Paul, you have videotape, yes? Yes. Yeah. And I'm so relying on the videotape. And you have the mainstream media has basically taken the position, oh, well, this is Frank Magazine, who I've been writing for. Um, you know, we can't. Uh, they won't even really report on the facts in that, that we brought to the fore. And this, the problem now that that's presented to the government and the mass casualty commission is we have a lot of stuff out there, videotapes, 911 calls that they suppress. Like we, we proved with the 911 calls that we uh, obtained and published that the RCMP was lying from the beginning. They said they didn't know who the shooter was till the next morning. We were able to show with the videotapes that they knew the first three callers told him it was Gabriel Wortman dressed as a policeman with a police car. I have to take a break here, Paul, but let me ask you this question just before we do quickly. Do you have any standing? Will you have any standing, any participation in this inquiry? No, and I wouldn't want any. My my job as a journalist and my job, my ideas are expressed in the book, which is coming out April 5th. I wrote the book specifically to put facts on the record. Paul, you um, how do you get along with the RCMP? Well, oddly enough, uh, I, some of the members I get along with fine. Uh, people, especially at the lower end, who are uh, um, feel like they've been victimized by the force. But I've had some really good sourcing in this from people right up to a former deputy commissioner who says that I'm right. And I, they've been supporting me all along in covering this story. But, I mean, you're dealing with a force that uh, has largely lost its way. And that's not just me saying that. I mean... There are, there are reports over the internal and other commission reports looked objectively at the force and say it's got a broken culture, it's unsustainable, uh, it's ineffective at the federal level. It, it's, just, it's just a myriad of problems. But the, the, the problem in Canada dealing with it, it's seen as a symbol of Canada and that any criticism of it is an attack on Canada. But really the force is just the way it's structured is out of date it's it, it's time has passed it's it you know having a contract police force the provinces outside of ontario and quebec doesn't really work those provinces oh, should be paying right. for their own police forces should have their own provincial police forces or it, regional police forces that effectively do that job in the, Paul, in the if RCMP. You, if, it, if you don't have a vested if you don't have a vested interest or live in the area you're policing uh your your, your involvement's going to be lesser it's just that's just the way it is. But let me come back to something else here. Let's go back to the families for a second. Uh, you wrote in an opinion piece for the Halifax News that the families have been snookered. And then I, I see that former Chief Justice of Nova Scotia, Michael McDonald, who you mentioned earlier, who's the head of the inquiry, expressing 
concerned about how the how much the families of victims have been permitted to know and engage on, said, and you, I think you said this is in response to the questions you've raised, confidence in our institutions around us has been shaken. I would never tolerate any attempt by any institution or any individual to tamper with our independence. Nice words. Uh, prove it. You know, Mr. Mr. Justice McDonald, when he was on the court, was also the he was the judge who uh, conducted the trial of former Premier uh, Gerald Regan, who had a series of serious sexual assault charges against him. And Mr. Justice McDonald ruled out the cases brought by the nine most serious victims of these assaults and eventually ended up with an exoneration of Mr. Uh, Regan. Uh, and people in Nova Scotia remember that. So they don't see him as a guy with clean hands to start with. The other person on the commission you're that's you're very... Chal- you're challenging dubious. the decision he made in that case, yes, obviously. Well, no, but this is the structure of the commission. So okay. He's seen right. as a political person by people in Nova Scotia. So let me come then back the to the point that you make, though. The commission is Leanne, Leanne Fitch, who's a former police chief in Fredericton, where Gabriel Wharton was likely committing crimes at the time. And her father was a Mountie, and she was on the RCMP Management Advisory Board at the time of her appointment. Does that not sm- smell a little fishy? She's married to a cop, also. Yeah, um, some people might some people might uh, c- consider investigating conflict of interest there. Let's, but let me come back to this, because this is really ultimately ex- extremely important. A- and you're right. I want to come back to the families of these victims because ultimately they need to be represented properly and they need to be addressed and their care is, is primary. You write the, f- you wrote this on the Halifax News. The families have been snookered. I have one minute. Well, they've been snookered because they've been, they were told this is all for you. You're going to work with the RCMP and the prosecutors and the government and we're going to get to the bottom of this. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, they're supposed to sign off on a lot of this and uh, go along with it. And they're snuckered because what is included in the so-called foundational documents is the entirety of what's happened. But if they agree with this, they have no voice. And that's what they're complaining about now because they recognize this is what's happened. That the, the government and the RCMP have cleverly used them as pawns to basically protect themselves from controversy. Okay, I do have 30 seconds left here. When you started this investigation, did you have any sense that you were going to uncover, discover what you have? No, absolutely not. I I wanted to help other reporters because I could recognize what was going on. When I realized they were dropping the ball, I took it on in myself. I decided to write a book that would put the facts out in the midst of the inquiry. So my book, which is coming out April 5th, um, from Random House, uh, my book puts the facts uh, on the table, the facts that we know. Certainly not all the facts, because so much is being hidden, and that might be, the rest might be the subject of a second book. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.